Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Ida Mae Craddock to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Ida Mae, um, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background with school libraries. Um, I have been a librarian for six years now and I adore it. I started off as a high school French teacher. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right, you have all these winding paths. Yes. Um, I had a career in network engineering and then French teaching and then English teaching and then librarianship. And I love librarianship so much because it blends all the things. Yeah. You're like, you can teach whatever you want any day you want. You're like, <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm going to teach coding today. Awesome. Reading a book totally counts as working. (laughs) (laughs) Organizing stuff. Like who doesn't love organizing stuff? (laughs) Uh, Making things, laser cutting, um, talking with kids about books. All of that stuff counts as library. So it's, it's my favorite job that I think I've ever had. Awesome. I agree. Yeah. You can do all the things. Yeah. Definitely. All right. So tell us like, where are you working now? Are you what, like what level of school and what state are you in? So I am in Virginia and I am currently working at a 612 lab school. So it is a public school in Charlottesville, Virginia that um, teaches from six through 12. Um, The high school is an IB program. Right. And the middle school is a project-based um, school. So what that means is that everything is integrated. Okay. We run projects where you have components that are math, science, social studies, language arts, research, and design, and they all come together in a single project. Then we run between 10 and 15 projects a year for the kids. Wow. Have you been there your whole library career? No, no, no. I started out in, you know, your regular old comprehensive high school. Go ahead. I was at Monticello High School um, in the southern end of the county, which has a little more rural population. Um, And that's a ordinary um, public comprehensive school. And there I started um, making and doing maker in the library. Mm by introducing a um, student-run help desk. And that was very successful. As a result, we won the Magna Award from the National School Board Association. Nice. And that was a big deal back then. (laughs) And it was really nice to see a place where students work would be appreciated. Because you know, libraries are the place where the magic is. Mm -hmm. So you have like we librarians have all the resources. Mm-hmm. Like we know where to find things, who to ask questions of, where to get information. And then the kids are bringing in all of these fresh and really interesting ideas. And when you those things come together, like that's a magical thing where a kid can come in and say, you know, my brother is deaf and really can't hear when things are happening 
and I need something that he wears that can like flash when he's being loud Hmm. and they can make something like that in the library and have it be useful. Yeah, that's amazing. Right, and bring together all of those little elements to make something really cool and useful. Yeah, you need t-shirts. The, the library is where the magic happens. That was good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good quote. Well, well, I was asking about your other experience because before I started um, recording today, you were telling me a little bit about your what the library means in your lab school. Describe that setting to us because it was pretty unique. So in the lab school, a lab school just means that we are the experimental education arm for Albemarle County. So if there are ideas out there that need testing, we do a lot of that. So for example, we do all standards-based grading. Okay. And one of the things we do is that we're a 612 school and the high school is an IP program and the middle school is integrated project-based learning. Mm -hmm. So we run between 10 and 15 projects a year that um, encompass all the subject areas. So there's a single project, but it has components of math, science, social studies, language arts, and research. Mm -hmm. So, and my role on this team is embedded librarianship. Okay. So I bring to the table a lot of research experience and um, helping students organize the research that they find. For example, right now, the project is an entrepreneurship project in which students are designing and (laughs) um, creating a product that they're then going to sell on a QVC type show. Oh, wow, okay. Next Thursday. (laughs) So there were research components in that they had to find out what else, what similar products were on the market. There's a math component in that they had to price their product using the um, similar products that they found on the marketplace. They had to do a lot of research about how to make the things that they're going to make. And then of course they had to do the making thing which involved a lot of laser cutting and 3D printing and um, markers and cardboard. Lots of, you know, stuff. Um, And then they will next Thursday come on a live QVC um, show and we will interview them about their product and they will attempt to sell their product to the rest of the school. So we've pulled together all of these um, pieces to create a project that um, spans the scope. So it hits our standards, but it also is engaging mm-hmm. and real. Yes, that is very authentic mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. And then you had also mentioned that you don't actually have a physical library. So I do not have a physical library. I have this beautiful library. office. <laughs> it even has a window. <laughs> no, amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I do not because I'm embedded. Okay. So that means that I teach alongside the teachers in the school, whether that's in the IB program or in the middle school, I'm actually in the classroom the majority of my time. The books uh, line the hallways. So they're very accessible. Tracking circulation is always an adventure. Uh, Reshelving is always an adventure. (laughs) 
but it is worth it because the visibility of those books really creates a culture of reading and value for them yeah because they are so accessible there's no you know you have two minutes of downtime you know you're standing in the hall waiting for class to open it's like literally in front of your face all day long wow if so you it's send me a picture that would be awesome to add it to the show notes because I'm sure the audience is like me right now they're going what <laughs> Not even look. I've never I have sign out sheets for the books on tops of the shelves. Okay. Um, about checking out. So sign, they sign them out? They sign them out. Okay. okay. Most of the time. <laughs> yeah. I would think that in my case, my, my kids wouldn't have done that. <laughs> they would have just borrowed it. And that would have been that. Would have been that so. And that's okay sometimes. Yeah. You know, there's this divide a little bit between being, um, responsible stewards of public funds and making sure that the books are um, tracked. There's also our calling to promote reading to children. Mm -hmm. And I most of the time pick (laughs) the kids over the budget. Um, That's just, you know, a thing. Yeah. And balancing that is tough. And I get that. Yeah. I I remember when I, you know, first starting out, I was just so paranoid about lost books. You know, it just weighed on me all the time that I was responsible for all these, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars, but um, eventually I let it go. Right. (laughs) I can't, I can't, that's something I cannot control. And especially when you're working with students who are in poverty and who are transient, you know, did the book find a good home? Right. Somebody read it and loved it enough to keep it. Awesome. Yeah, definitely. I feel like I can stamp that as okay. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, Ida May, tell us a little bit about Virginia. What does it take to become a librarian in your state? Um, it is a master's degree. Okay. Um, for Virginia. So most often um, they're teachers and then librarians, but okay. it is a it is a master's it's you it works to have an mlis or an med okay in librarianship so either of those degrees will grant you a school librarianship license okay do they require you to have been a teacher before they do not okay okay it's always helpful yeah i feel like (laughs) i feel like that's one of those things where if you're going to be a school library it's probably good to log some classroom time definitely most definitely. All right. So I told you a little story about like myself being so stressed out, you know, at the beginning, but with the, but with the inventory, basically, you know, cause I wanted, I felt so accountable. What, what do you remember about your early years in the library? Um, I remember being very joyful and free. Ah, It was, um, my years prior, like immediately prior to becoming the librarian, I was teaching um, a subject area that was state tested. And those tests were required for graduation. Mm-hmm. And that was very stressful. I bet. <laughs> you know, to like, know in your heart that if you miss something, you can actually ruin somebody's life. Oh. Right, and I guess they're, they're graduate, trying to graduate and get out, but yeah, right. Just to carry that around is was 
a lot of responsibility mm -hmm. and being in the library felt very free, not because I wasn't accountable, but because I could rediscover the joy of learning. Mm. Yeah. So instead of making sure that their thesis statement had three parts that were separated by commas and ended with period, I could <laughs> like explore what they were actually curious about and make whatever their imagination was mm -hmm. real. Okay. And that was very joyful mm -hmm. just to say, I remember this very structured time and how much pressure that is both on the teacher and the student. And then to have a place and make a place in a school yeah. that where students enjoy learning is really a powerful thing that librarians bring to the table for any school, mm -hmm. right? Cool. We're the fun people. Like if we're showing up to class, it's fun. <laughs> we're not grading anything. We're not sending anybody to the office <laughs> to do any of that stuff. Unless you need to, there, there, there were times right. you can think of. Nobody fails. <laughs> yeah, nobody fails. Nobody fails. <laughs> right. You don't have to come call anybody's parents to tell them they're not graduating. Yeah. Like cool. it's fine. All of a sudden, it was the joy of learning because we wanted to find something out, mm -hmm. as opposed to learning because we had to in order to check a box. Yeah. Definitely. Like it was less trained dancing and more actually enjoying yourself. Yeah. Good. All right. So what other kind of advice would you send back to yourself when you're thinking back to the beginning? Oh, if I could advise my younger self, I would advise myself to take myself a lot less seriously. Oh, <laughs> you know, when you're in there and you're like new and you want to do everything, everything, yeah. <laughs> You know, and you spend a lot of time making sure that the box, you know, those boxes that you put behind to make sure everything lines up really nice. That doesn't matter, like at all. <laughs> I wish I had known that. Yeah. And spent less time worrying about how it looked and more about how it worked. Yeah. 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 I, I was a solo librarian at my elementary school. And so, Again, early on, we're talking about lining things up. I wanted my picture books perfect order, you know, with the author's last name. And then after several years of battling that and exhausting myself, really, uh, I just, I ended up doing whatever the first letter of the author's name was, that's where it went. So all the A's were just scrambled, but they were in the A's, you know, all the B's were scrambled, but in the B's, because I knew that I could help them in a matter of seconds, you know, find the real A author or B author, you know, that they were looking for. But yeah, some things you just have to let it go because it's you just have to let go. like, yeah. I wish I had worried a lot less about how it looked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, Ida May, we are hopefully reaching the end of this pandemic time. Um, when you're thinking, oh, I know, fingers crossed, everything, you know, lots of prayers. Um, so when you're starting to think about this summer, which is weeks away, what, what are you going to do this summer? So I actually have two projects that I'm working on for this summer that I'm super excited about. All right. So um, the first is the teacher summer reading. Okay. Um, and we are making a reading group for pleasure. Hmm. A teacher book group 
that has nothing to do with professional development, okay. young adult authors, or anything like that. Yeah. Just let's read some trashy novels and talk about that. <laughs> I am so excited for it. Yeah. I mean, when is the last time you read a grown-up book? Especially like, during nowadays, you know, things of you know, reading all kinds of technology things and how to do this better and you know, yeah. Right. We don't always have to work on ourselves. Sometimes we can enjoy where we are. Mm-hmm. And our professional development team this summer, praise them, <laughs> has declared it to be the summer of self-care All right. and have organized um, a lot of events and professional activities around self-care. And I get to be one of them. And I'm just delighted yeah. because it has been a long time since I've read books just because I wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, and that seems really yeah. happy. I hope they join you. I hope they participate and, you know, aren't I thinking I'm too tired. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I picked a lot of books that are like have been on my TBR list for a while mm-hmm. and I've never had an excuse to read them and um, immediately put them on the list to be chosen. So hopefully that will work really well. It's good. So are y'all all reading the same thing or everybody just reads what they want to read? Um, we all read the same thing. So currently they are voting for their title choice. Okay. So I'll be excited to see what they choose. I want to read all of them. So it doesn't really matter which one they choose. <gasps> That's good. Well, you'll have to keep us posted on that. That'll be a fun thing to see. See how yes. it goes. So. I think it's going to be the only thing I the only one I don't want them to choose is dry the Neil Schusterman okay title because it's like I'm like I'm still traumatized I have like <laughs> from reading this book have you read it yeah terrifying I did audiobook of that actually it's uh, terrifying right yeah and and I, I actually listened to it with a friend on the way to a conference it was like six hours oh. away so we got you know six hours into it and it was on her phone and I was like do not finish this in your hotel room. <laughs> I need to know how they make it out of this. So. Yes. But yes, there is there are crises in that book. So. The other project I have going on is a safe space. Okay. So um, we're creating a safe space that's also going to house the nonfiction section um, in the back wing of the school where yeah. the counseling department will be in front of it. Oh, yeah. And then um, it'll be in the back and the kids are currently designing furniture to go in there that they're going to build. So they're going to, there's a window seat, I think, that they're building and some shelves that will go in there and a couch. And um, they've already painted it. And um, so it'll, I'm looking forward to presenting that in August to the staff Okay. as a, you know, piece of the library program. Yeah. But I'm super impressed with the students who have taken that on. Yeah. Very neat. Very neat. And I, and I, when you first said it, I thought you were saying your project. So I wasn't expecting to hear, you know, like the kids, you know, doing things. So of course I should have because of how you're doing embedded librarianship. <laughs> That's awesome. I help. Okay. I go, I don't really like this color. That's my contribution. <laughs> 
that's important. <laughs> like, have you measured before you cut this giant sheet of plywood into six parts? Just checking. Just checking, yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. So speaking of the pandemic, like we were just doing, um, how, how have you really seen this pandemic change you during this time? Um, I think that I have recognized the value of social emotional learning. Mm, okay. And how important that is to academic achievement. Um, coming from a core content area, like academic rigor is something that was important to me. Yeah. And I think that needs to be balanced. And we learned this year how important that balance is between social emotional learning and academic rigor and how those two things relate to each other. Mm -hmm. If a student is struggling with their mental health, their academic performance is going to go down. Yeah. So having those things be proportional in your instruction is important. And I think this year has really highlighted that for me. Yeah. And um, really called my attention okay. and my effort. Yeah. You know, the safe space that there will that we're building is directed at that social emotional learning and there's academic rigor that pulls it. They're doing math and research and all of those things to build it. But at its core, it's also social emotional learning because they're thinking about how it's going to be used yeah. and what it's for and how to build the room so that it serves its purpose. Mm -hmm. That's good. And it's going to be perfect timing when everybody starts back, you know, next fall. Yeah. Just, oh, hello. <laughs> you know what? I, I, it's going to be interesting how the culture of, or the climate of the school, you know, of, of everybody's yes. school, what it's going to be like with returning after such a long time. But, yeah, but anyway, absolutely. All right. Mm -hmm. well, so talk, let's talk a little bit more about that. So with your, what about your specific role as the librarian? Um, how has your influence, um, like what you were able to do either for campus or students or teachers, whoever, how did that change during the pandemic? This school had not had a librarian in the past. Oh, okay. So it was a brand new jam for the, all of them. <laughs> so your first year was the pandemic year? <laughs> oh gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Come on. Um, how did my my influence changed during the pandemic. I think one of the things that was most helpful for staff that that librarian function brought to the table for them was um, the filtering of news media that librarians are sort of uniquely able to do. So when current events would happen, I would pull together fact sheets. Okay. Um, that you know were cited from reliable sources yeah that didn't editorialize as much as possible um and that were validly sourced i think is what i really focused on was the validly sourced yeah. um information and getting those two teachers whose kids are coming to class and saying what's going on why is this happening? I don't understand. And having teachers be able to answer those questions confidently yeah, and with, um, you know, like 
a, a core base that they knew was right mm -hmm. was very helpful for them. Okay. Yeah. And I think for students, really creating a culture of reading in the pandemic was hard. Yeah. But then we realized as a core group in Almaron County librarians all together that it opened up a window for us to do some really cool things. So we have several cross county book groups that happen. So kids come to book group from all the high schools. So I have a group called Read the Change and our um, drive is to read books that are by um, own voices, authors of color. Okay. And really delve into those and bring those forward to our English departments in the county. Yeah. And we pull from, and we have an enormous, a geographically large county. Okay. And, but we can have students from the Western end of the county, the Southern end of the county, my school, it, it didn't matter because nobody had to drive. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have to be late. Right. <laughs> you don't have, there's so, the logistics were a lot eliminated. Mm-hmm. So those book groups have really been a blessing. Mm -hmm. And my murder mystery book group has also been kind of a bright spot because they're just hilarious. <laughs> like those kids are so funny. Yeah. Um, and being able to see them every other week is, especially during lockdown where we were so isolated, was really nice just to have a group of students who wanted to turn on their cameras and wanted to talk about whatever crazy drama was happening. Yeah. Very neat. Well, I mean, you are just doing some really um, creative things. Um, is there anything else that you're just like very passionate about that you want to share with our audience right now? I think that we should be curious Yeah, and look at things. And if we're interested you know, we joke a lot about the rabbit hole. You know, you fall down those research rabbit holes. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's fine. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of holes that I have fallen down that have been very valuable. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just following that curiosity is pretty amazing. And one of the unique, amazing things about our career is that yeah. that actually counts as working. Yeah. <laughs> sure and, and you I mean we really have to be that way in our career I think maybe in the, in the days when you were more just the reference person with the book you know here's the book here's the book here's the book like here's the book with the answer you know but but now we really have to be, you're right we have to be as a profession you know curious. more and more lately there is no answer yeah that's true and, and our students are creating their own answers yeah. and supporting them while they find their way in this world that is not a world that we know like this is not the world that I grew up in yeah. you know they are creating a new society and helping them do that is awesome mm -hmm. and yeah. so so fun <laughs> it is definitely all right so you you've taken some you know like this job during the pandemic switching you know roles to a, a basically never before created type of librarianship where you are, um, that takes a lot of um, initiative, you know, on your part. So what do you do yourself to keep learning and growing so that you're ready for these kind of opportunities like that? 
Oh, I love um, having professional development. So I can't recommend the Infi Pathfinders enough. Okay. Like if you want the best professional development I have ever attended in my life wow. is Infi Path- Pathfinders. And I was one of the teachers at first. Okay. And then I realized that like, this is a cast of thousands. <laughs> um, I'm like the least among these luminaries. <laughs> have you ever found yourself in a spot like that where you're yeah. like, yeah, why am I even at this table? Infi Pathfinders is the way. And um, our state librarian association um, has um, these monthly casual hangouts. Yeah, yeah. That are really nice. Okay. On Zoom. Very good. Where we literally just get together and hang out and talk about things. We have a theme every month. I think this next one is summer reading. But we had one about um, teaching in hybrid, weeding, um, lots of them. And it's been really nice to have informal PD. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see now where a lot of state levels or regions are doing kind of like the idea of of an uncamp, is it uncamp or edcamp? What's the uncamp? Okay, an ed camp, you know, where it's just whatever topic, you know, that is the hot topic right now, you know, that's, that's what we're going to talk about, you know, and that's what we, we've needed so much during this time because, you know, we're just responding, you know, to whatever's happening around us. So anyway. And thanking people for being not so serious. Yeah. You know, it seemed like every time you were watching, you turned on the TV, it was something heavy. Yeah. And having a place where you could just talk about the vagaries of our profession because I'm going to tell you nobody in this building wants to talk about weeding and whether you know vampire diaries belongs in romance or horror yeah (laughs) I'm the only person in this building who cares okay (laughs) it's nice to hang out with somebody else who would even have that discussion with yeah yeah definitely all right. Well, Ida Mae, I'm sure that our listeners want to be able to keep learning from you and just follow your journey, you know, doing this, this new kind of librarianship for you. Um, so where can they find you online so they can keep up with what's going on? So my Twitter is I am Craddock and my Facebook is Ida Mae Craddock. Okay. I also hang out on the Future Ready Librarians Um and that's been really helpful. Yeah, that's been a, it's a good, good group of people there. Yep. All right. Um, well, thanks again for your time. It's been really fun chatting with you and getting to know you. And I, I hope, sure. I hope that you really do get to have that summer of self-care. That's going to be something um, I look forward to, to seeing all the unique things people are doing, um, you know, as we're moving towards that direction of, of preparing ourselves to go back to school next year. So. Mm-hmm. Have a great day and thanks. We need a minute. Bye bye.